I'm Jamie Dew, and this is A Show of Strength. Hey, it's Jamie, and welcome to Crazy Eight number six. Whoa, we're six years old. We should be in school, but we're not. Listen, on Friday, the 27th of July, I hosted a party to celebrate my birthday, my 44th birthday, and to invite some really funny comics into my house uh, to perform on my rooftop uh, for Crazy Eights number six. We raised a lot of money that night. It was really a good time, but there is some audio issue. The first half of the show, we are on the balcony, we are on the rooftop, and I didn't put a windsock over the microphone. So the comedians are competing with the wind a little bit, in some cases a lot. I've done my best to um, fix the audio, but when you're listening to this in your headphones, you might feel uh, that the wind is chasing you. <laughs> I listened to it. When I listened to it, it was like, holy shit, it's, it sounds windy in my house. So it's there. Now, fortunately, it started to uh, drizzle a little bit for the second half of the show, so we moved the party inside, and those four comics um, and our host, Kyle, got um, a different environment. So it sounds different in the second half. It's all really funny, though. You should listen to it all. It's great. You know what? I won't talk about it anymore. How about we just go to it right now? This is Crazy Eight number six. Thanks for coming out. for Kyle Bergstrasser. All right, okay. All right. All right, okay. All right, okay. Come on, all right. How cool is this? How weird is it? Jamie, how did it feel charging people money to enter your home? Was that a strange feeling? That's got to be weird. I always thought if I did a show at my house, I'd do a pay-what-you-can thing where you pass a bucket, but that feels weird, too, because it's like you're asking for payment but with an extra element of guilt where it's just like, no, 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 you don't have to pay anything. Just tell me what I'm worth to you. <laughs> like, it's this open-ended, like, evil thing that you can do to your friends. Quick bit of housekeeping off the top. A lot of comedians probably are going to think it's really funny to pretend to jump over this railing because this is a mental health show or whatever. Just don't fucking do it. Everybody's going to get their buttholes all tight, and you're going to be trying to... You're, you're going to be Mr. Edgy Comedian that's, yes, I think it's going to be the guys. And you're going you're gonna to try to jump a little higher than the last one. Just fucking... We shouldn't have put this here. It's too late. It's fine. I'm just putting it out there. Nobody wants that. It's not going to be worth what you get out of it. All right. Little bit about me. I'm a comedian. Who's Who's been to one of these before? Have you guys seen this? I've, I've been hosting it for a little while. You, 
might know this about me already. I don't care if we're on a fucking rooftop or we're at a comedy club or I'm in a G-damn theater or in front of my mirror holding a comb. I'm going to do my hot seven minutes and I'm going to hit it as hard as I can because Toronto comedy is about grinding till it hurts, honey. Toronto comedy is about coming out and pushing as hard as you can regardless of the circumstances. I don't care if I'm in my bedroom or I'm in a car with a friend I've known for nine years and he's trying to have a real conversation about me, about how I've changed, okay? I am gonna do my hot seven minutes because that's what comedy's about. Because we're in the industry city, honey. We're in Canada's Hollywood. And you never know when the president of some TV network might be in the crowd. And I'm gonna look at him in his old grizzled gray-haired bitch-ass face and I'm gonna be like, yeah, I do have some thoughts about movie theater popcorn, honey. <laughs> it's too expensive. <laughs> and I'll tell him that and I'll get a show deal out of it. That's the plan, all right? That's how you gotta do comedy. That's how you get just for laughs. I mean, not this year, but other times probably, hopefully in the future. It's all good, man. All right. Imagine that was me. Imagine I did that the whole time, just screamed at you. I will be, but like kind of different jokes. Um, no, I don't know. I'll try to get sort of vulnerable about it. What are things I worry about? Okay, here's the real thing. This is a story. It's going to sound like a story about a fart, and it is. But it's also a story about me and how I'm really stupid. Um, so there was this uh, instance. It was like a couple of months back where I was walking down the street, and uh, I had a fart. You guys know farts. It's like a shit, but invisible. And I had one of these, and I had to let it out, but there was there was people around. And you know how you can't fart when there's people around? Because then they'll know you fart. You know how that's a rule in life for some reason? Like, I don't know why, but you can't fart in front of other people, because you're like, oh my god, you do that? What else do you do? Pee and poo? Let's kill him. Let's kill this guy. You know, for some reason, that's the rule. So you got to pretend you don't do that, blah, blah, blah. And so I decide, I'm like, all right, there's people around, I'm out. So I was like, I'll cross the street, I'll wait till I'm alone, and then I'll do it. Well, then, have a little thought, right? I notice everyone around me, they're speaking Russian or something. And I'm like, oh, they don't know English. And I fart. That's what that sounds like. I farted, right? And then immediately, I'm like, oh, no, that's not how farts work. The farts are in every language. Like, I thought because they were speaking Russian, they wouldn't hear my fart. One, again, like I said, farts are the universal language. Everyone can hear them. And that's what my TED Talk is about tonight. No, and two, it's just because somebody's speaking Russian, it doesn't mean they don't know English. It just means they know Russian. It was dumb on so many levels. But I, I, I just, it freaks me out because, like, I'm 29 years old, and I've had a butt that whole time, you guys, and I'm still figuring out how it works. I'm still like, sorry, and who can hear the farts? Oh, everybody? Okay. No, I know, I keep forgetting. I can't, I don't know. It, and it's worrying because a butt is not that complicated. The human butt is pretty simple. It is not, if we were to compare it to phones, it is not like some super complicated, like, Korean smartphone that you have to configure from the ground up. A human butt is more like a Kyocera flip phone, okay? It does two things. It does three to five things if you get really creative with it. But, like, end of the day, it does two things. And that worries me. That I'm still working that out. The other thing that worries me is that I am 29 years old, and uh, I have recently fucked up and admitted to myself that I want to do comedy, like, for a living. And that means that that fart is now part of my 
my life plan. <laughs> I am basically 30 years old, and one of the major components of my plan for life going forward is an interesting fart I had recently. <laughs> that is so bad for my life moving forward. That is not what your plan is supposed to look at. Other people my age are like planning on like building homes. They're like, yeah, I'm done with the military, might have another child. And I'm like, oh, interesting. And I had quite a funny fart the other day, and then I talk about it. <laughs> and also some other thoughts. And then I have um, a barista experience. And they're like, oh, that's actually applicable. I'm like, well, I got a French press at home. <laughs> and then they usually just grab a pillow and smother me. And I'm like, yeah, that's smart. I would have done the same thing. No, I get that. I don't know. I just worry that I'm like growing up wrong. Does that make sense? Like, is there like a wrong way to do it? Like, I'm gonna just like turn 80 and be like, ah, oh, fuck, I forgot to do that. I, I kept, ah, now my, I don't know what I'm gonna do wrong. I just know there's, I, I gotta be, there's no way I'm doing it right. The odds that I'm doing it right are so low and I'm only gonna find out later. Like, you know that thing where you go, we've seen the memes, but like you go into like an exam and everybody else has like a special ruler and a little pamphlet and you're like, why didn't I have the ruler in the pamphlet? How come I'm the only one who didn't know about that? I'm so worried I'm doing like that, but with my life. <laughs> you guys ever done that? You guys ever done that thing where you remember your own age and then have a panic attack? Anybody? Anybody ever done that thing? Like you know how old you are, but you like actively forget it because it freaks you out. Like you're just all the time. My brain will always just be like, all right, Kyle, another one of our classic check-ins. Just a quick reminder, uh, your name is Kyle. You live in Toronto, and you're 29 years old. And I'm always like, oh my god, could you imagine? <laughs> no, yeah, really though, could you imagine? How nuts would that be? That's almost 30, that's crazy, you'd pretty much be dead. So anyway, my brain's like, oh, okay. Uh, I'm worried you didn't take that in properly, so I'm gonna try one more time, Kyle. Uh, you are named Kyle, correct? Yes. You do live in Toronto, correct? Yes, I do. And you are 29 years old. <laughs> oh my god. Well, one day I will be, honestly, and listen to this. After the week I had, I feel 29. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do, I feel 29. No, but that's not possible, because I was born in 19... Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, whoops! Whoopsies, oopsies, whoops! Oopsie, whoops! Dumps a whoops a dumps a doo! Dumps, dumps, whoopsie, dumps doo! I accidentally did nothing forever for my whole life! Ah, shoot, I accidentally spent the whole time doing absolutely nothing. Oh, no, oh, crud. I accidentally, instead of accomplishing literally anything in my life, I just got into debt and then got out of debt and then got back into debt so bad that I had to call my parents to help me out of debt. Ah, frick! Ah, shooting frick! I did it wrong, you know? Anybody ever experienced that? <laughs> Here, here's the actual main thing I'm worried about. I, I'm just worried about this is this is one of the things that really triggered it for me is like have you ever have you ever seen somebody who's like like late 80s 90s like getting onto the bus or just like approaching some stairs and it takes so long that you're like anxious for them have you ever seen that where somebody's just like like when somebody's like when somebody's like 90 something years old and they're just like going off the like a curve is like skydiving like you see that they're just like oh fuck i hope this one pans out like every time it's a gamble you know that kind of thing and like you see them they're climbing like four stairs and you're like hurry but like they're not in your way you're on your way somewhere else and you stop to be like go 
Have you ever done that? Because that's just a human thing. Like, if you feel anxious, it's like it's like a virus and you want to, like, infect other people with it. You're like, I'm uncomfortable. Why aren't you? You know? And they're 90, and they're just like, this is just how long it takes. <laughs> like, oh, it all used to work, and then it started breaking down on me. They're fine with it, you know? What if I turn 90 and I'm still this fucking idiot? What if I'm just this dumb piece of shit in a 90-year-old's body and I got nothing figured out? What if I turn 90 and just every second of every day I'm just like, ah, I'm so bored, oh no! is a prison <laughs> my body grew old but inside i am still a child <laughs> you know that kind of thing and then i have to just be like and die because i assume when you're 90 you just gotta like squeeze really hard and it's over is that i have no idea that's how little i know about things is i assume by that age you can just be like like just just do anything just like don't have carrots for a couple of days you know just think any new thought like maybe we don't go to boston pizza for supper like and then you're just uh, oh maybe it's okay for two men to hug and then you just die hey man hopefully because i don't know what else i'm gonna do start doing yoga i guess i don't know that's the only solution i can see for both of those problems <laughs> Tip for the comedians, if you had them going, stop. Don't try three more riffs, because, like, it probably won't pan out. We should get this show going. How amazing is this, like, rooftop view, this whole setup? Why isn't Jamie doing this all the time, right? Right? <laughs> yeah, stay right with, like, claps and cheers. This is a very cool thing. This is amazing. We're going to get this show rolling. Uh, your first comedian... Uh has won this show before. I don't know if we've explained this. Jamie, we didn't talk. We're still doing the, like, there's a winner thing, right? Ah, yeah. So there's a winner to this thing, all right? This isn't comedy for enjoying ourselves. You are all arbiters of who's good and who's not. So I want you to get your piece of shit judgmental glasses on, and I want you really deciding who's worth it, all right? So uh, we're, we're dealing with a past champion, a reigning past, reigning... Uh, uh, not raining, I'm guessing, by that response. But uh, a past champion for sure. No, she's super funny. She's uh, she's still very new to this, but she's really got the chops for it. I'm a big fan. Uh, give it up for Michelle Petrides, everybody. Hello. Hello. Wow, it's great to be here. I'm Michelle Petrides. Uh, that was close. That was close. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here. Jamie, shout out to you for gathering a group of depressive comics, putting us dangerously close to the edge of a rooftop patio. <laughs> Just, you're a, you're a magnificent bastard. And I'm very sorry to the other comics that probably wrote that exact same joke. Marty Coco and Kyle, sorry. How's everyone doing tonight? Woo! Woo! All right. Anyone else? recently come out of a very long depressive episode? Huh? Oh, okay, all right. Well, is it technically an episode if it's three years long? I feel like it's a little bit more of a series. Kind of felt like it was directed by Ken Burns and narrated by Aaron Sorkin. Just endless, but riveting, overly dramatic. But coming out of a depressive episode, it sort of felt like coming out of a coma, I imagine. It's like you're in a better place because now you're conscious and awake, but the world is just a lot worse. And donut prices have gone up to $5. They're gourmet all of a 
button. Full House is still back for some reason. The political landscape is a trash fire. And the only mail you got was a reminder to go in for your annual pap smear. Isn't that a little bleak? Oh yeah, I lost a few years to that depressive series, but who hasn't? And in all honesty, is there really a difference between being happily married, living in a house you own with your graduate degree framed, or, you know, my pet getting divorced, dropping out of grad school, starting stand-up comedy at 35? <laughs> Woo! I think it's a wash. I think it's about the same thing. But yeah, I mean, I feel your concern a little bit. I appreciate it, I'm fine. I finally have a good therapist. She's gotten me from Niles Crane levels of OCD and anxiety to like reasonable amounts. So it's working pretty well, pretty happy about it. Uh, I also use food a lot for my therapy. It's a lot cheaper than this lady I have to go see. Food is, it's a big one for me. It's really important to the point where I have this physical list that I found. I wrote it as a reminder of the things that are the most beautiful in this world, worth living for if I ever go to that deep, dark place. And my number one item on that list is Super Joe Louie. So food is <laughs> a big one. I am that asshole friend at a restaurant who cannot decide what to get from the menu. I take forever. I research it online ahead of time and everything. If a waiter comes at me with a special when I've already made up my mind, get all thrown, like, no, fuck off. I know what I want. But that's not true at all. I used to be a server, so I'm the worst customer. I am such a fake kiss-ass customer to server because I feel their plight, but I'll just nod politely to anything. I'm just the worst. Uh, it's not choosing from a menu, though. That's the most difficult part of being out and about when you have severe OCD, though. I would say the public restroom is your number one enemy. So when you're at a restaurant, chosen your meal, I always have to pee so it's unavoidable. I muster up the courage, I go in, and with OCD in a public restroom, it's a tactical operation. It's complicated. You gotta get in and assess everything, check out the stall, you get in there, you plunk it down, you're at the perfect angle, so you're not hitting the seat, there's no splashback, you've, you've perfected it get out of there, you find the sink, and it's the smallest sink you've ever seen, which will only make sense to people with OCD, so I'll explain it. But you don't want to hit your hands on the side, it's all soapy and gross. You're washing your hands, you want them to be fresh, so you're struggling with this sink, and the only way I can compare this level of focus, washing your hands at this tiny, tiny sink, is that guy in Jurassic Park who's extracting the DNA from a mosquito, it's like that level of focus in the bathroom. <laughs> Fran, no one comes in and sees you in this state. Then your hands are washed and you go to the hand dryer and that basically undoes all your hard work because let's face it, those hand dryers are a futile exercise in blasting humid urine air around the room. <laughs> That's pretty much what a hand dryer is. And you realize after all of this, you've been in that bathroom for quite some time. Your friends are at the table waiting. They're wondering what's going on. They're leaping to conclusions because you're in a public restroom for about 20 minutes and you're at a crossroads because you actually are pretty embarrassed about the fact you've been washing your hands for 20 minutes and you don't really want to tell people that you're engaging in compulsive behavior so you 
about letting them believe that you're taking the furious bowel movement in public and really just going to town on that washroom. But lately, gotten a little better, started to just tell people the truth. So if I've learned anything from that depressive series, it's that life is way too short for bad therapists, grad school, or thinking that taking a giant poop in public is somehow less shameful than being a little bit crazy. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm Michelle Petridis. Thanks so much, everyone. Michelle Petridis, everyone. She invented a whole mental illness to cover up her big giant poops. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's a mental illness in itself. All right, we're going to keep this show rolling. Uh, your next comedian, she's an absolute force of nature. You might have noticed the lightning off, way off in the distance. That's a force of nature as well. Her and that lightning are just really gonna gel. I can't wait to see their sets just mesh together like the Winamp Media Player visualization tool that we all remember so well. Um, real, don't we love nostalgia? Who remembers the early 2000s? Come on, how fun is that? All right, your next comedian. I actually handpicked her to be on the show. Jamie was like, we need one or two more comics. And she was one of the ones where I was like, I've seen her around, and I think she's really funny. I don't think she knows that. She's maybe just finding that out right now. Uh, she's also posting her own show for the first time. I'm going to say this before and after her set. Uh, August 18th at Comedy Bar. It's called What Are You Doing After You Graduate? I got the name just right. Uh, everybody, give it up for the very funny Jailu Wang. <laughs> Tank full of crabs 
that look like they're suffering from clinical depression. <laughs> like they're not even fighting back when you take them out of the tent. I don't know if this is the right shot to do that. So the final thing that completes an authentic Chinese restaurant is as soon as you walk in, it has to feel like a money laundering scheme. <laughs> Like, you can just see the restaurant owner counting money at the table next to you, and he kind of looks like the final boss in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> uh, but I was in Kingston, I'm in Toronto now, and my favorite thing about Toronto is the fact that all the parts in Toronto have names that sound like they could be stripper names. <laughs> right? Like Trinity Bellwood? <laughs> Christy Pitts? <laughs> Sugar Beach Cherry Beach? Right? Like, Toronto Park sounds so slutty, and I love it, because I feel empowered every time I have a picnic. <laughs> uh, but I am in the city now, and I've been trying to date, but I don't think dating apps are doing enough for me, right? Like, forget about Tinder. I want an app that lets you feel the same level of intimacy as that moment when two streetcar drivers pass by each other and wait. <laughs> watching a lot of true crime documentaries and I think we need more diversity in true crime documentaries, right? Because the subject of a true crime documentary is always a white person. Like whether it's the victim or the villain, it's always a white person. You're never going to see a documentary about some quiet, misunderstood Asian girl who one day decided to murder her parents. Because <laughs> I'm not stupid enough to get caught. <laughs> Right? Like, when white kids murder their parents, they get a documentary. When I murder my parents, I get a recently renovated condo in Newmarket. <laughs> it's not the same thing. Uh, like, when a white lady straps a bomb to a guy and makes him rob a bank, she gets a four-part Netflix original series. But when I skin my little sister and put her in the basement freezer, I get nothing? <laughs> obviously kidding. I don't have a basement. <laughs> I live in Toronto. I can't afford one. Uh, it's funny because documentaries about murdered white people are called true crime documentaries. Whereas documentaries about murdered people of color are called genocide documentaries. So quiet right now. <laughs> Instagram 
me Julia, then you're either racist, dyslexic, or autocorrect. <laughs> <laughs> or like all three? Because as you all know, autocorrect is basically just a racist dyslexic. <laughs> say that me going by my Chinese name is the most ironic thing about me because I'm the most whitewashed person ever. Like, I'm such a white girl that I have a Chinese lettering tattoo on my lower back. <laughs> and I don't know what it means. <laughs> uh, I don't know if anyone's ever experienced this, but do you ever just let someone call you by the wrong name because you underestimated how long you would know that person? <laughs> Like, my roommate still thinks my name is Ling Ling. <laughs> uh, to conclude, uh, my name is Jialu, and if you call me Julia, then you and I are going to start a true crime documentary together. Real soon. <laughs> Julia Wang, everybody. <laughs> Incredible set. No, Jai Lu. Everybody, uh, yeah, and just keep in mind, we have Michelle, we have Jai Lu. Remember, everybody you've seen tonight, at the end, again, you are going to decide who's worthy. You are the people who did Not really. We're all going to have fun, and it's all going to be cool, but only one person gets 50 bucks. Uh, and the other people get other prizes that just aren't as good. Um, anyway, we're going to keep moving on with the show. Jai Lu is great. She was talking about... Uh, Talking about murder, a real thought I had one time when I was watching an actual, like, murder documentary was just at one point they mentioned that there was over 50 people looking for the body, and I just remember being like, oh, God, imagine 50 people all caring about you at one time. <laughs> like, 50 really official, high-up people just be saying your name over and over, like, we gotta find Kyle, Kyle Bergstresser, and, like, I'd be looking up from heaven, like, wow. <laughs> oh, they all care so much. Anyway, so if anybody does want to try to murder me, at least hide the body, okay? Thank you. All right, your next comedian, uh, she's she's very funny. She's uh, She's got some friggin' fame behind her, huh? You've been on TV once or twice, haven't you? Haven't you? Uh, she has. She's being shy about it, which is even cooler. There's It's one thing to, like, do something cool. It's a total other thing to do something cool and be like, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? How awesome is that? She was recently on... Uh, TSN? Sports Center TSN? Are they the same? I don't know. Oh, I'm such a bitch. Um, the Jay and Dan show. Anybody? Anybody? Jay and Dan? You guys know those guys? They're famous as shit. Anyway, she was on that. Other things. She's very good. You're going to really like her. Everybody give it up for Ainsley McPhail. I'm nobody. <laughs> what a beautiful night. Oh my god. This is like... This is so nice. This is so nice. What do we do when it starts to get nice, though? What do we realize? How fat we're getting. Yes! <laughs> oh, God, you guys. I called this swimsuit company from the States, and I swear to God, they answered the phone. Thank you for calling Swimsuits for All, where our favorite curve is your smile. <laughs> I was like, uh, fuck you. <laughs> I don't need your judgment, Luann. <laughs> Just trying to buy this ruffled tankini <laughs> without crying. <laughs> uh, I once got asked to be in a swimsuit contest, though, <laughs> in London, Ontario. I uh, politely declined. 
But the club promoter, he wouldn't have it. He was like, why not? Why not? You can give me one good reason why not. I'll leave you. So I looked at that man dead in the eye and I said, my body. <laughs> I was wearing a cape. <laughs> Pamela Anderson. Seth Rogen. <laughs> Big Jewish dick. <laughs> oh man, I'm super weird. It sucks. It sucks when you're super awkward and weird and you're trying to talk to the opposite sex. I feel like every time I'm talking to a guy, it just ends with him like, why are you lunging? <laughs> I have the biggest crush on this guy who works at the bank. And I just don't know how to tell him that I'm poor. <laughs> He's like, bitch, he knows. <laughs> the worst part about having a crush on a guy who works at the bank is that he sees all of your transactions. <laughs> how much money you have and where it's all going. He's like, uh, I noticed you've been spending a lot of money at Burrito Boys this month. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Unlimited Transactions. They all badass plan. I'm like, Kay cuts me off. Also, I noticed that you've been depositing and withdrawing the exact same $20 bill every single day. You guys don't think the story gets worse? <laughs> I uh, ran into hot bank guy at the bar and introduced myself as, Do you work at the bank? Follow me telling strangers that. He works at the bank, and I go to the bank. Followed by me just half passed out in front of the bar. Just, I'm switching to RBC! <laughs> Consent? <laughs> it's a fun little transish. Consent can be tricky. For rapists. <laughs> I went to a school with mostly dudes, and there's all these posters around sponsored by the government of Ontario about consent. And one read, consent is dot, dot, dot. Because nobody knows anymore. <laughs> Energetic, enthusiastic, and coherent. Now, my favorite's energetic because we're at a point in society now where men and women literally have to look at each other. And, like, if they're into it, they'd be like, you, I will. <laughs> and if you're not into it, you gotta be like, you. <laughs> I realize now I should have done it that way! <laughs> Coherent? Oh god, right? That one exists because there's too many Cosby-politans on the menu. <laughs> I haven't seen a guy now. He couldn't be here tonight, so I'm sick. He has uh, cancer. Very not contagious. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's a comic, too. And, like, he doesn't live here or anything, but he's always asking, like, what like what bits are you working on? What do you talk about? I'm like, oh, I have one about cancer. And he's like, what about it? I'm like, how you have it? <laughs> Don't worry, I made him up. <laughs> I guess I just have, like, very high expectations of men. You know what I mean, girls? Give me a woo. <laughs> They're all like, 
like we're all married. <laughs> like I <laughs> that that ship is sailed. No, I'm just kidding. I want like Nathan Scott from the show One Tree Hill making out with me at the state championship game. She has no idea. I want <laughs> Noah from the Notebook slow dancing with me in the street. You know what I mean? I want a tax pack. Wouldn't <laughs> that be nice? Eh? There's this one scene from the movie The Notebook, which, sir, I know you're not familiar with. <laughs> Where the main characters, Allie and Noah, are on the beach. And out of nowhere, Allie goes, Do you think that in another life I could have been a bird? <laughs> I think I could. very aggressively goes, Sam a bird! <laughs> Sam a bird! And Noah ever so romantically says, if you're a bird, I'm a bird. <laughs> and all the women know that you're watching this just bawling your eyes out. Like, oh my god! <laughs> he said he was a bird! situation in real life. Guys, you're out on a date with your wife or your girlfriend. I don't know where she goes, babe, do you think in another life I could have been a dinosaur? Ow! Stupid pterodactyl! It's like, will you shut the fuck up? We're in Old Navy! <laughs> I say you're a pterodactyl too. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm Anissa McPhail. Have a great night. McPhail, everybody! I have, I have so many complicated feelings about Ryan Gosling in The Notebook, because he just, like, plays like the perfect guy. Like, don't, I, as, I don't know if this translates across, like, genders, but as a guy, when you see someone that's just, like, The Rock, too, you know when you see somebody that's just, like, perfect? You're like, oh, great! You're jacked and nice and creative and caring and patient and you work really hard? Does anyone else just get so mad at the core of their being when they see something like that? Like, I... And the only thing my brain can come up with when I see The Rock in anything is just like, it probably stinks. <laughs> That's all I can do is, like, oh, he's working out a lot. He probably smells like sweat. Like sweat mixed with cologne, but still sweat. And then even when I do that, my own brain is still like, he's still better than you. <laughs> like, you're still, you're not even close. He stinks and he's a millionaire. <laughs> and you probably also stink and are poor and tiny. Anyway. <laughs> This next comedian's fucking so goddamn jacked. He's like a ripped-ass beefcake machine. <laughs> ah! He's bullshit and he sucks. I asked him for credits. He wouldn't give me, me any, so I'm just going to shit on him until he comes on stage. He's got a show uh, that has to do with his last name and another guy's last name. His last name is Shake, and he's got a friend whose last name is Butt. He's got a show called Shake Your Butt. Is that still happening? Yeah, that's all he's got going. Outside of that, he fucking sucks. Fuck him, he can eat shit. It's where he'll shake everybody. <laughs> Guys, keep it going for your host, Kyle. Oh. No one? Jesus Christ. Before I get to my knock-knock jokes, there is something real I want to tell you guys, right? 
I came here around at 8 p.m. and I met this guy called Alex, who's Jamie's grandfather. <laughs> and yo, for 15 minutes we talked about Kafka, Iron Brand, and Dostoevsky. <laughs> yo, I'm a 26-year-old brown guy from India, and I connected with a 60-year-old white guy about suicidal literature <laughs> and how sexy black women are. But you know. <laughs> It was the greatest shit ever, man. Jesus Christ, I never... Where the fuck is that guy, by the way? You know what? Alex, fuck you! I know he's your father, but I'm just... <laughs> but it was the greatest thing ever, man. Never in my life, I just... He's like, hey, what's going on? And like, I read Metamorphosis by Kafka. And he's like, what? I'm like, I don't get it. I don't like subtlety. I like loudness. What the fuck? He's a bug? How... Has no one read here Metamorphosis? <laughs> Yo, okay, so here's the thing, right? I'm from India. So the only titillating literature I read was Harry Potter. Yuck! Right? Then one day I did shrooms and I was like, oh fuck, I need to get into this shit. And then I got into Iron Rand, right? Which divides the room, I get it, but I love her, right? Because she's fucking Iron. A 70-page monologue! Are you serious right now? Who, who has the... J.K. Rowling doesn't have the balls to do that. Anyways, man, I read that and I was like, okay, let's get smart, right? By the way, if you, at any point you guys can't hear me, let me know, right? Because I get too involved in this shit and sometimes I go like this. Anyways, so I let I and Ryan, I was like, okay, let's let's get into this. Let's, let's understand you guys, right? Let's understand. I mean, I'm Muslim. I never read Quran because, you know, I'm like, I, I can't read Arabic and shit. But the good thing about Bible and Western philosophy, it's in English, and I'm comfortable with English, right? So I thought I'll read Kafka, and which I did, which was like, what, 130, like what, two, less than 200 pages, right? And I thought this would be some mind-bending book about how life is just like a bunch of, I don't know, failures. And that guy's a bug! <laughs> what? What is that supposed to mean, Gregory, you dick? <laughs> Joke one. <laughs> My name is Rahil Sheikh, and yes, I am from India. And I recently started working at one of these hipster companies that put business second and employees first. And you always wonder, how, how are you even making money? Because you spend it all on us, right? Like every month they take us out for bowling, on Monday they buy lunch for everyone, and on Fridays they bring in a huge fruit basket to promote healthy eating. And I wish I was making this up. But it's called Fruity Fridays. <laughs> 2018, obviously someone complained. So now they just call it Gay Fridays. <laughs> there is no more fruits. It's just a bunch of straight guys dissecting their favorite Celine Dion song. Which, by the way, is My Heart Will Go On. I wrote a 20 minute dissection about joke two. <laughs> My name is Rahul Sheikh. And I hate mirrors, man. I hate mirrors. I hate mirrors like I masturbate, right? Ferociously. <laughs> and there's no personal reason behind it. The only reason I hate it is because Jesus Christ, man, making eye contact with yourself is a one-way road to hell. You know what I mean? That just got way too real. <laughs> and I fucked up the punchline. The punchline was supposed to be, it is a one-way rabbit hole to hell. <laughs> That's better, right? Let's just move on. My name is Rahul <laughs> Do you guys want to hear my Canadian accent, by the way? 
Yeah, before I do that, are you actually? Uh, I heard you are allergic to hibiscus. Is that true? Yes. Yes. I'm How does one hibiscus. find out that you are allergic to hibiscus? <laughs> did you just that right? How how did you find that out? I break into hives and I have trouble breathing. <laughs> Joke three. <laughs> that's that's the only thing being good about brown man. I have no allergies, right? Okay. Do you guys want to hear my Canadian accent? Yeah. Yes. All right. Here's my Canadian accent and the greatest, greatest bun ever. Okay. Sir, can you ask me if I smoke weed? Do you smoke weed? Fuck yeah, bud. <laughs> That's the only thing I've learned from Canada. <laughs> Guys, I am sure we have all heard how India is unsafe for women. But let me tell you something that you will never hear. India is equally unsafe for children too. <laughs> Oh, it gets darker from here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was not. Guys, a little bit about myself. I like how I go a little bit about myself. Like that's like a genuine segue. Fuck. My. <laughs> Jessica, where the fuck is your father? I was supposed to impress that old dude. He bought me a beer. I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to. Just you know, impress him with my punchline. <laughs> Yo, fuck Alex, by the way. My hobbies include eating, masturbating, and making extended eye contact at men's urinal. <laughs> my favorite though is doing all the three at the same time. <laughs> what is love? <laughs> Yo, you know what? Fuck jokes. Here's a true story, right? Here's what I feel the sexual pecking order is: black guys, white guys, Asian guys, gay white guys, <laughs> brown guys. Now I'm not sad. I'm at the bottom of the order, right? What I'm sad about is that I have to compete with gay white guys. <laughs> For women, <laughs> which is why I've given up, man. Right? But here's the thing: I'm not afraid of dying alone, because I'm Indian. Right? My parents will find me someone. <laughs> what I'm afraid of is, here's the thing. What I'm afraid of is she'll get married. I'll get married. She'll move here. Realize what the pecking order is. <laughs> Leave me. My neighbor Gregory, the gay white guy. <laughs> What then? I guess some lead in the head. Suicide, right? <laughs> Let's all be honest. We are all attracted to that shit. There is something about suicide that just gets people. I mean, not everyone wants to kill themselves, but you know. By the way, this is a great house, guys. <laughs> happy birthday for Jamie, right? Woo! All right, shut up, shut up. Yeah. You're taking away my time. Chapter two. Hey, I hate the fact that it took me two years, two years to realize I don't need pancakes to enjoy maple syrup. <laughs> And since that day, I've been eating brown bread with maple syrup. Every single day. 
I know, right? Brown bread with maple syrup. This guy's doing white trash better than white trash does white trash. <laughs> Guys, the point that I'm trying to make is I am fat. Did I see this shit? I am so fat. The only reason I order butter chicken is to eat the butter. <laughs> I am so fat. My biography should be called The Life of Pies. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I am so fat. I lied about brown bread and maple syrup. There is no brown bread. <laughs> it is just me drinking maple syrup. Straight from the dicks of Aunt Jamima. <laughs> I refuse to say it right. Because that is my personal revenge against every Canadian who has and who will butcher my name. <laughs> Epilogue. <laughs> Before I do that, what's my name? Rahil Sheikh. That joke only works if no one knows my name. Okay. <laughs> Epilogue. My name is Rahil Sheikh. And before I moved to Toronto, I knew, I knew. By the way, I'm from India, right? I moved to Toronto in 2015. And before I moved here, man, I knew there was going to be some sort of a culture shock. And honestly, man, I thought I was prepared for it. I mean, I'd watched the entire series of How I Met Your Mother. That doesn't prepare you for shit. The moment that shocked the living shit out of me was when, for the very first time, I was walking down Young Street and I just saw these two dudes making out, right? And when I say making out, I mean the notebook style making out. So much passion, folks. I just could not look away. That night I realized for someone like me who moved to Canada three years ago, watching two dudes make out for the first time was exactly like watching the shark at the aquarium for the first time. I just could not stop masturbating. <laughs> yes, I'm bisexual. I'm attracted to both men and sharks. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. I absolutely love all the members of LGBTQ community, as long as they're not gay. <laughs> you guys have been a hoot and a half. Thank you so much. Shiver Hill Shake, everybody! That last thing wasn't necessary. <laughs> couple, a couple of notes about how to uh, about how to do this. If you uh if you really want to get some laughs, two moves. Say Aunt Jemima, but pronounce it Jemima. That will get me every time. Someone could sit me in a chair and say that to me 30 times in a row. I'll laugh 30 times in a row. Also, if you do a joke and it's funny and people don't laugh, go. That's a good one. <laughs> and guys, we got this table here for a reason. If you're trying to get your enthusiasm out and they don't seem to be translating to it, hit the table. That's why it's here. Real bought it and brought it here, I swear to God. I don't know why I'm railing on him so hard. I love that guy. Uh, anyway, remember the names of everybody you've seen tonight. There's been a real uh, thing with this show where, and, and I'm not saying it means that like the voting's rigged or whatever, but the people in the last two seem to win every time. So like, don't forget who was in the first half. Don't just like, 
remember that your brain is gonna like the person you just saw a lot. Try to hold on to who you saw in this first half. We're gonna take a quick intermission. It's gonna be like five or ten minutes. Uh, have a smoke and yeah, or fifteen, but yo, or, yeah, or five or ten, however long it's gonna be. But uh, go have a smoke and do whatever, and uh, we'll be back soon. All right. And if you leave, we've uh, taken a list, and we're gonna know that you left, and it's not gonna be good. All right. Thank you. Someone's gonna win, and that's all that matters. But we're all having fun tonight. I want you to give it up for your first comedian. She is an absolute uh, legend. I had heard of her a while ago as like a sketch and improviser. She is like a, just like a real big shot in that scene. She's really making herself known in the stand-up scene recently, and she's freaking goddamn going for it. I want to make sure that she there she is. Okay, I wanted to make sure I could see her, so I knew that she hadn't just like jumped off the balcony. <laughs> Everybody. Give it up for Kristen Rasmussen! Going for Kyle and the big move into the house! This is very exciting. As he, as I was like, I'm going up next, I'm going up next. My nipples are so hard! How will I do comedy when my nipples are ripping through my own flesh? Uh, so I'm Kirsten. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm bi. I'm bisexual. <laughs> I'm bisexual, and I have to say it three times so that you know that I'm real. Uh, it is a real thing. I'm not just a, a straight girl who loves pussy, <laughs> and I'm not just a lesbian who loves the privilege of a heteronormative relationship. <laughs> I am bisexual. That's true. And I feel like I've just gotten comfy with that word. Like, I've just gotten comfy with the word bisexual at the time where it's now getting out of style. It's like now it's not cool anymore. It's me. It's the same way I feel about skinny jeans. I just got I just got comfortable with the fact that like my labia is gonna be able to be seen by people, and now people aren't wearing skinny jeans anymore. <laughs> and I get it. I get it. You know, bi the bi bisexual is the problem because it's saying the gender is a binary. Not it's not. That's a joke. And it's not true for me. It's like I I I'm attracted to anybody who thinks I'm funny <laughs> and recycles. So like my, my bar is pretty. 
pretty low. So I guess I guess the word that I should be using is pan. I'm pansexual, but I just I just can't fucking do it because it reminds me of Peter Pan. And I have spent too much of my life already with young men who don't want to grow up. So I don't like it. And to be honest, if I identify sexually with anybody in that fictional universe, it is Rufio. So, I'm rufiosexual, which just, which just sounds like I like getting drugged. <laughs> and to be fair, I do. I drug myself on the daily, because I don't know if you can tell by my cool outfit, but I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm nuts. Um, I uh, take antidepressants and uh, anti-anxiety pills every day, and, and we're still figuring it out, me and my doctor. You know, my doctor says, Kirsten, it's a journey. You know, <laughs> jury figured out what pill is right for you. You know, we're just playing around to see if we can figure out which pill is gonna chemically work with your brain to best suit your personality, your body, and make you feel right in the world, or rather, make you fit right in the world. You know? Oh boy. And I don't know if the stuff I'm on is working right now, because it just makes me so sleepy. But then I think about it, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm having a bad day. The thoughts are getting to me. I start being like, oh, I do suck. My parents were right. What's the point? Oh. And then I just like, uh, at the moment, I'm like, I'm going to do something about it. I just <laughs> <laughs> go right into a nap. So I guess this shit is working. So that's, that's really nice. I love that. Oh, man. Um, Let's see here, I have to check this out. Oh yeah, I, I, it took me a long time to get to a place where I was like, I will try medication because I would see commercials about antidepressants and be like, that's not for me. Because it'd always be like a beautiful woman, often a brunette, uh, straight hair. <laughs> and she'd be like looking out a window of a gorgeous apartment, looking out like very still and very solemn, and outside it would be raining. And she'd just be like, and I was like, that is not me. I guess these drugs aren't for me. Like, I want to see a commercial where someone's like trying to put on jeans, getting a bit of their belly fat stuck in the zipper, then stubbing their foot, farting, and being like, fuck me! <laughs> like, I want to see an antidepressant commercial where someone finds a little bit of shit on their new panties, and they're like, no! <laughs> then I would have known a lot earlier that I should be medicated. <laughs> town in Saskatchewan. It is uh, uh, just above Regina. Like, if, if you could imagine that Regina is the vagina of Saskatchewan, <laughs> then my town is the clit. <laughs> that's the only cool thing about where I'm from. Uh, it's true what they say about uh, Saskatchewan. It is so flat. It's so flat that you can watch your father abandon your family for days. <laughs> Or uh, your dog run away, or whatever that joke is, you know. But I, I can't blame myself for blaming him so much. Uh, I get it, I get it. My mom was a tough woman. I mean, I have a difficult relationship with my mom, but she has a difficult relationship with drugs. So uh, that's that part's on her, you know. As she, yeah, she takes. Uh, she was addicted to drugs from my childhood, and, and and you know that was hard on me, but that's harder on her internal organs. So um, <laughs> it didn't go well for her. I'm okay, everyone. You can laugh at this. Uh, I wrote them two jokes, so please support me by laughing. Uh, anyways, you know, like, I grew 
up and it's like, I didn't need those those commercials that were very popular in the 80s, early 90s that were like, this is your brain on drugs. It's like, I didn't need that because my whole life was, this is your mom on drugs. <laughs> Pantless, eating a popcorn bowl of Cheerios. <laughs> and it's like, it's weird for me because, you know, I do drugs to put on my pants every day. You know? <laughs> life is crazy. <laughs> oh, man. So I'm dating a wonderful woman right now. I'm very excited. Uh, th thank you. Woo, I did it! <laughs> I try not to run away every day. Commitment issues. Uh, she's wonderful, and she's my first full uh, lesbian relationship, which is great. Learning a lot. Um, so she taught me this wonderful thing. She taught me that uh, I need to cut my nails short. She was like, you need to cut your nails like really short, and then I uh, need to cut them till they hurt a bit, and then just cut them a bit more. <laughs> And it's kind of awesome because I'm like feeling new skin I've never felt before. <laughs> so that's pretty exciting. And, and you know, it goes both ways. I teach her a lot of things too. Like I taught her that um, that uh, there's a there's a island of plastic garbage in the middle of the ocean that she is contributing to monthly with her plastic tampon applicators. <laughs> I'm like, come on, girl, have you ever heard of a diva cup? <laughs> have you all ever heard of a diva cup? You know, the environment, please help it out. Anyways, uh, it's called Diva Cup, which for me is weird, because I think the only thing diva about me is like the complete self-righteousness that I get when I shove this little silicone shot glass up my pussy once a month. <laughs> then I walk around, I'm like, I am a diva. <laughs> uh, so I just always say to her, I was just like, you're polluting the environment. And she's like, babe, you're getting blood from your witch cup all over my bathroom. <laughs> and that's when I say, well, sweetheart, Saving the world's a messy job, but someone's got to do it. <laughs> and it's this crazy bye. Thank you so much for having me. I make your Sometimes it takes a minute. Classic improv mic work at the end. You thought she was just gonna do stand-up, but she can't stay away from improv, baby. <laughs> That's just part of it. I don't know what the new system is, Dave. I guess the new system, if someone wants a drink, they say, Dave, I want a drink, and then yes. you're gonna run out and do it? Sure. Is that the new system? All right, uh, again, sorry. and if you are gonna do that, do it when I'm on stage, because <laughs> as far in the grand scheme of things, I don't matter. Remember the thing I keep bringing up about how it's up to you who's worth it tonight? I'm not in the running, unfortunately, or I'd win every damn time. I know, it's such a bummer, ugh. <laughs> so if, while I'm on stage, is there anybody, I'm, I'm gonna give you a minute. Is there anybody who wants a drink right now? Is there anybody? You pussies. It's Friday night, what, you don't like having fun? <laughs> The coolest thing in the whole world that you can do is drink and get drunk and then fall down and hurt someone you love. <laughs> emotionally! No, emotionally! I mean, it's awesome to do that. Seriously. Buy a jean vest and try it. People will really respect you. Not good people, but people. The wrong people will respect you. People with motorcycles. I'm telling you, man. It's worth trying. All right. Your next comedian... Also, we're doing some, yeah, we're doing some real cool frickin' cross-genre shit, man. This is like frickin' Metallica acoustic. This is like, uh, this is like a jazz guy that's trying, this is like when Dylan went electric, I guess. 
It's a lot of people that are from one discipline going into another one. Uh, this next comedian, she's a storyteller more than anything. That man just gave me the light. Jamie, tell him he can't give me the light. <laughs> it's not your show, sir. <laughs> Next comedian, uh, she's a storyteller more than anything. Uh, she she uh, she hosts a podcast called Talking Like uh, Stories, Stories Like crazy. crazy. Stories Like Crazy. But Talking Like Crazy is a turn of phrase too, and that's why I mix that up. She also told me to say that she's sexy or something no, like no, that. Not. Yeah, but she did tell me to say that. So regardless of, don't worry about that. And she's shooing me off stage, and that's fine. <laughs> I'm still a good host. Shoot it's Lori Lane Murphy, everybody, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, so yes, storytelling is my thing, and storytelling is, if you have your thing, you know that you're good at it, um, and when you try to learn other things, you have cheat sheets, right? So we put these over here, but really, I don't need a cheat, do I really need a microphone? Okay, I don't feel that I've earned the right to take the microphone out of the stand. Like, I think you have to do stand up for a little while before you do that, I feel awkward. Um, okay, so first of all, First and foremost, I can pretty much guarantee you that I am the most mentally ill person in the room. <laughs> it's a competition. It is a competition. <laughs> and I've won. Would you like to know why? Why? I have a diploma. <gasps> My diploma, and I bet you don't have one, <laughs> Partial Hospitalization Program, Certificate of Completion, Lori Lane. Top that, you can't, okay, you can't. That was my time spent uh, sometime last year, um, kind of learning a little bit more about myself and uh, finding out that uh, while I have a series of mental illnesses, um, it's prompted me to become somewhat of an advocate uh, for mental health, mental health awareness and so on. And uh, I know, and I know that you know, that people with mental illnesses are every bit as capable, we are independent, we are strong, we can do for ourselves, and we wanna get right in there and live our lives just like everyone else. However, I will use my mental illness if it gets me out of doing stuff I don't wanna do. <laughs> don't doubt it. But I'm very open, no, I'm very open about um, about mental illness because really, um, hey, it's out there and, and most people are uh, sick to varying degrees. So I started a podcast uh, called Stories Like Crazy because when I started talking about it, I realized that uh, people did want to share and they did want to open up and they did want to be, you know, kind of part of the fun because really mental illness is the new black. So people want to be on trend and so they share. And this is just kind of how it's been going. The other thing, as, uh, as I'm creating this podcast uh, with a co-producer um, and good friend of mine, um, we were very particular about using the word crazy. Crazy was very important for us because we want to take the word back, right? Take the word back. Crazy. Crazy is a great word. It's a powerful word. And we wanted to bring it back into the fold. So, for example, when you hear crazy hot chick, crazy hot chick. Okay, I see. It may seem a little unflattering at first 
might even seem a touch derogatory until you realize you've met one. <laughs> and it's all true. <laughs> Absolutely all true. It's how I met all my husbands. Um, it's true. I met all my husbands. Um, oh, by the way, it's not a mental illness. Multiple marriages is not a mental illness. <laughs> it's a symptom of boredom. <laughs> not mental. Not necessarily mental illness. Um, but my favorite husband, um, he's not here tonight, but um, he's like, sorry. My favorite husband, <laughs> when he met me, um, he was pretty excited, I have to say when he found out that I was bi. Of course, it didn't take too long for him to pick up on the polar part. <laughs> Surreal, his little high school dream just went down the toilet right there. Um, but yeah, so what else did I say about that? Um, so my favorite one, bi, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So as we started dating, and I think it is, and I, I'm not sure, because I don't read a lot of dating manuals, but. The third date is the sex date. Correct? Is that right? Have you heard that before? <laughs> That's when you do it. Unless you're drunk and you do it on the first date, but you, know, you pretend you didn't. And you, but the first one is supposed to be the third date. Okay. See, I'm asking because third date for me is usually the wedding. So <laughs> I need to know because I need to get out and swing things. So yes, we had this lovely evening on our third date. It was very intimate. Uh, we were together and uh, we spent some time comparing our psychotropic medication uh, by candlelight. We might have been naked while we did it, I'm not sure. But that was what I did on my third date with my now favorite husband. Um, and medication is not for everyone, and I know that everybody has an opinion about this. And I would never profess to know what the best thing to do is. That's kind of, uh, you know, what, uh, what uh, Dr. Phil is for, isn't it? I don't know. Um, but I, I like my medication. I like it. It works for me. I respect if it's not something that, uh, that works for you. Because um, there are alternatives. And this kind of whole idea about self-care. And I think about self-care, and it, it just kind of makes me feel a little dirty. Care. just doesn't seem like a thing for me. Now, because I am a storyteller, um, there would be usually a part in the story, as I'm coming up to the end, that I would tell you a very inspirational story. And I would talk to you about staying inspired and being encouraged and moving forward and sharing your advocacy and, but that's not tonight. <laughs> that's not it at all. So I need to know, and, 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 and I've, gotta, I've gotta ask you, Kyle, and let me get this straight. So we're here, <laughs> we're here, this is, I'm putting this on you, Jamie, somewhere to you. Um, let me get this straight, okay, so, so this is a show to raise money and awareness for mental illness. Mental illness, right, okay. Yes. Fantastic. So what we're gonna do then is we're gonna get eight extremely anxious individuals with low self-esteem. We're gonna line them up in front of strangers 
and we're going to judge them. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Good. Well, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, so you may as well just hand me the sash now, because I have the diploma. <laughs> Thanks for listening. That is the format. <laughs> you have nailed it down. Uh, we take a bunch of people who uh, aren't sure about themselves, and uh, we make them speak even louder than normal. We go, oh, you don't want to be heard? We'll make you heard. Uh, sometimes we put them in the middle of a storm on a rooftop. <laughs> and then we decide who's worth it using numbers. Which is <laughs> just perfect, isn't it? Hey, but life's not fair and we love to hate ourselves. Let's embrace it. All right, we've been having fun tonight. We're still moving along. We're into our final two comedians of the night. I know some people are getting sleepy and they have to pee pee and other things that rhyme. So why don't we just move right along with it? This next comedian straight up is my freaking girlfriend. Who gives a shit? That doesn't, it doesn't make a difference. She's also a comedian who's absolutely worth being up here. She is gonna be, you guys ever heard of the alt dot at the Rivoli? Yeah. yeah. She's going to be on that this coming Monday. We host a show together called Fun Little Cuties. She has been in Win Winnipeg Comedy Fest. That's the real name. She's been in Winnipeg Comedy Fest, uh, the Odd Block Comedy Fest, all kinds of things. You're going to absolutely love her. Get up for Melanie Dawling, everybody. Hello. Isn't this exciting? It's me. It's really me. Oh. I'm excited for you. Talking about low self-esteem, my self-esteem is too high. <laughs> is that a problem? It is, it's very isolating for the people who know and love me. It's a big problem. <laughs> but uh, I do want to address something off the top. I, d I am dressed a little extra sassy today. I'm dressed to impress. It was my first day at a new job. I hope no one's intimidated by my blazer. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of intimidating blazers, and ugh, I love them, I love them, I love them. <laughs> but it does, it sends the wrong impression, doesn't it? Especially as a woman, you walk on stage in a blazer, people are like, ugh, she's gonna say, am I right, ladies, like a woman. <laughs> like, too much. <laughs> I'm not really an am I right ladies style comic. Um, I don't relate well to large groups of women because they're people. <laughs> I feel that I'm wearing a very effective people style skin covering, <laughs> but there's something else going on under there. <laughs> I'm very good at human interactions like three quarters of the way through, and then I end up saying what I've been told is the wrong thing. <laughs> like right now, uh, my friends and I, we're all getting a little older. We're in our late 20s, early 30s, and we'll like commiserate about the things we're going through. Like, oh, got a little wrinkle here. Didn't know that before. Like, mm, harder to stay up late. Harder to stay up late, isn't it? And then I chime in like, yeah. And has anyone else been pissing their pants? <laughs> like a little bit. Like a dime size amount? Like bi-weekly? Am I right? 
<laughs> I, uh, I think it's important that people, especially women, are candid about their bodies. There's a lot of things I wasn't expecting. Uh, like, I'm 33 now, and I was like, cool, just gonna hunker down for a while, no surprises, but oh, let me tell you. Your adult body is a story that continues to unfold. So many twists and turns. It's like Gone Girl with less intrigue and more piss in your pants. <laughs> I don't know if there's, sometimes there's people that are younger than me, they're confused, and uh, to, to you I would just like to say, as you are, so was I. <laughs> as I am, so will you be. <laughs> yeah, that's just a little proverb I picked up on, are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> Season five, anyone? The Tale of the Hungry Hounds? No? I'm the only one that cares about the classics, and that's fine. No, but I do think that it's important for women to talk about this stuff openly. I mean, someone needs to talk about it. I certainly can't talk about it because I've been disinvited to brunch. <laughs> Fine. You know what? I wasn't going to say this. I wasn't going to say this. But most brunches I've been invited to happen between noon and one o'clock. That's lunch. Right? You're seeing lunch with the rest of us pedestrians. Okay? Sheila? <laughs> it takes up a significant portion of my day. But uh, I actually, I just, I can't afford to do that kind of thing, um, go for those fancy kinds of things. I wasn't working for a while. It was, it was a life I chose. I had a good but stressful job over the winter, and then spring was upon us, and I felt that first kiss of sunlight got a real rush of undeserved self-esteem. <laughs> I was like, I'm leaving to go pursue my best life. But then I didn't have any money, and uh, I forgot how much of my best life involves a lot of like shellac manicures and little fancy sandwiches. <laughs> oh, I love to spend money. I love I love going to those uh, you know those little like hip bistros where they're like we put these ingredients in vinegar for a while. <laughs> You're intrigued, aren't you? You're like, oh, what is that like? Do exactly. Seventeen dollars. It makes everything cost seventeen. <laughs> I wouldn't change a thing. I love it. But that just hasn't been my budget lately. Like I wasn't working for several months. Um I had to it got a little scary for a while. I had to start asking myself those like big life questions like how do I <laughs> Spice up a piece of dry white toast. <laughs> Turns out mustard. <laughs> I had other things on that list, but uh, I couldn't get any of those things. And the mustard kind of like came with my apartment. <laughs> so that's good. A little bit of mustard does go a long way because I don't like mustard. <laughs> but it makes the bread wet. I guess. And uh, after a few dry bites, it's good to get a couple wet ones in there, right? No? Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I, did, uh, I did just start this new job. Um, everyone, 
it's a retail job. Everyone there thinks that I'm a young person. I'm not a young person. I am a poor person, <laughs> which means I take a lot of young people jobs because I have no applicable skills. <laughs> it's good. It's fun. It's, I'm fine. <laughs> day's work down at the mall. Oh, the hustle and bustle. Everyone's all hopped up because there's a hot deal on little soaps. <laughs> Probably tell us about me. I work in a lot of these little soap boutiques. Maybe you remember me from one of your last shopping excursions. Maybe it was the holiday season. Maybe I sidled up next to you, said something real creepy like, Oh my gosh, that one's my favorite. <laughs> Makes a great stocking stuffer. <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking. You're like, you shouldn't say things like that to people, and I know that. <laughs> I think I'm leaving it natural. I don't want to say things like that to people, but if I don't say things like that to people, my manager's going to yell at me. She's half my age. She's worked so hard. I am so proud of her. <laughs> it's all worth it, right? Those long days don't feel so long when you get to take your 15-minute break. <laughs> Go into your teeny break room with your lunch, big old steaming cup of noodles. Some 19-year-old with hope in their heart and stars in their eyes says something like, ooh, lucky. You say, is this a game? <laughs> All right, well, I'll leave it on that. You've been very lovely. Thank you very much, Amelia. She's a good mix. She seems fancy, but also eats cup of noodles. That is 100% the vibe. That's a hundred. We, uh, cup of noodles and Knorr sidekicks. <laughs> you guys heard of those? But sometimes we cut up a little deli meat and throw it in. How's that, huh? We're feeling fancy. And we want to watch some Netflix. Or if the Netflix has expired and we need to watch things I have saved on my hard drive from seven years ago. The first two seasons of 30 Rock are very good. They're worth re-watching. I recommend it to all of you. All right. This is your last comedian for the evening. That makes her your eighth comedian. That means everybody you've seen so far was one through eight. There's a numbering system. We're gonna remind you of it after. Have I told you about how you are the arbiters of who's worth living and who's not? We will be killing everyone who doesn't win tonight. I hope you understand that's why we're on a rooftop. All right. Proud comedian of the evening, and then we're gonna get into that harsh-ass vote. That's when you get to be the pieces of shit you really are inside. Next comedian, she's also uh, done all thought at uh, the Rivoli. She's also so famous for doing these cool-ass weed-smoking fucking toke token herb videos online. You guys heard of herb? You guys heard of herb? It's like vice, but for dumb idiot stoners. <laughs> I don't know why I'm shitting on you before. She's a, she's a wonderful human being who happens to be on a page that for dumb idiot fucking stoners. But we all got I wish so hard they'd let me be on these videos. They won't. <laughs> Give it up for Olivia Stather, everybody. She's wonderful. No 
acknowledging my existence on the videos, but that bitch is dumb. <laughs> That's all I've got. <laughs> What's up? I know you guys are tired. You were tired, right? But we're having fun still. Hell yeah! Are you gonna stay with me for fucking six more minutes? Allegra, only one incest joke. Am I right, girl? I only got one. Don't worry, you are gonna love it. Um, okay. Uh, do you guys know this? Have you heard this? If you put toothpaste on your pimples overnight. When you wake up in the morning, I'll destroy your pillowcase. <laughs> you guys know that one? That's a life hack I got off of BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed really likes to put out life hack listicles. You guys have seen them. They're all over your Facebook, right? But they're kind of stupid for the most part, right? They're just like, take eight pipe cleaners, wrap them around a cork used as a blow dryer holder, <laughs> some shit like that. As if you're ever going to fucking do something like that. I, I find that most of the life hacks are kind of dumb, but I did create my own that actually works, I think. Do you guys want to know what it is? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, basically, uh, if you cry in your Uber pool, they will not pick anybody else up. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to cry when you get home. Might as well start the Uber, right? <laughs> You'll get home a lot faster if you do, so try that. It works really well. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm depressed, that's why I'm here. I also used to have an eating disorder. Uh, I still do, you just can't really tell anymore. So that sucks. Uh, one thing... <laughs> I know, I'm on the bad end. <laughs> I, uh, one thing that I really loved to do when I didn't love to eat was I loved to look at thinspiration. I don't know if any of you guys know what that is, but it's basically it's just very sad Tumblr imagery of very thin girls. It's very depressing, uh, and I remember I was like, addicted to it, and I, I, I saw this photo one day of a girl's wrist, a bony wrist, and it said control across it. It was a tattoo, and I was like, dope. I'm gonna get that to remind me to control my eating, right? And then I showed it to my best friend, and she was like, Olivia, that's not what that is. That's control your cutting, don't cut yourself. And I was like, oh shit, no. I don't need a tattoo to prevent self-harm. I need one that's gonna motivate it. That's what I was looking for. I know that's dark, that's how I felt though. Shitty. Uh, so what I did is I just put a sticky note in my fridge that said stop eating fat ass. My roommate didn't really like it. I guess I didn't need to write her name on it, that was kind of weird. I still have a lot of problems with what I look like, like I said. Uh, I just want men to look at me the way that they looked at me when I was 15. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I also don't want men to look at 15-year-olds that way, right? Because I get jealous. Um, but <laughs> it's obviously very wrong. I, I, I'm not good with men, usually. I, I farted on a guy while cuddling with him. <laughs> and it didn't make a sound, thank God, but I think it made like a vibration because he checked his phone. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing I set my asshole to silent, right? <laughs> I wish I could set it to Ocean Breeze, but you can't really do that, right? Uh, I did end up getting that guy to date me somehow. Uh, and I would say that it's going, uh, I would say that's my first real relationship, which is really nice, but it's also very scary for me because the options are we either stay together forever or we break up at some point. And I don't want either of those things. <laughs> I don't really know what the other options are. I'm just trying to take it day by day for right now. And on a day-to-day -day basis, it is going really good. Uh, and I think one reason for that is that I don't really get jealous, right? Unless you're 15. Um, right, like I know that when he says another girl is pretty, it doesn't mean that he doesn't want to be with me. It just means that he would rather be with her. <laughs> and I only think that because he said that. 
Um, no, he didn't say that. He tweeted that it's different. <laughs> I, uh, I also just graduated from university. That's also what's going on. You guys don't care. <laughs> it's okay. It was a really big waste of time. I didn't learn anything. I an undergrad in psychology. So now we do this. Yeah. Really good use of my time, right, everybody? Uh, did anyone hear study psychology ever? Yeah. Do we know about mm -hmm. Freud? Mm -hmm. Hear about Freud? Kind of stupid stuff, right? Like, I didn't need to go to university to learn that I want to fuck my dad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the incest joke, so. Mark that in your calendar. I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> fuck, you guys don't like that one. The way I see it, he already loves me. I get to keep my last name, you know? <laughs> and he's, he has money. And that's the other thing that sucks. I, I grew up wealthy, like not enough to be taken care of for the rest of my life, but enough that I am definitely gonna be disappointed. <laughs> it's so fucking disappointing so far. They tell you you're gonna get a job in psychology and then you get into the real world, they're like, psych, work at a restaurant, bitch. Right? <laughs> that's what we all do. <laughs> I do work at a restaurant and it's, um kind of a degrading job, right? Like, I'm a bartender, but during my downtime, sometimes what I have to do is I have to do really shitty side chores, right? Like, the other day, my manager, he made me just scrub gunk off the floor. Which is disgusting, right? I didn't know that was my, I'm not a janitor, I'm a bartender. But um, I did it quickly, uh, and then he was impressed with how quickly I did it, but what he said was, wow, that was really fast. I guess you're great on your knees. I know, he really said that to me. I was like, excuse me, first of all, I'm terrible at giving blowjobs, okay? <laughs> and you, of all people, should know that. <laughs> no, no, I didn't blow my boss. <laughs> it's just hard, because I feel like he doesn't respect me, you know? I think it's because no matter how hard I work, I still can't get him to come. So tough. <laughs> I know that's really gross. We'll talk about something less gross, and then I'll get out of here. Um, you guys know the thing where people put peanut butter on their balls, and then they get their dog to lick it off? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about! I'm not accusing you guys of anything. I'm not admitting to anything. So relax. I'm just saying it's a thing we know about bestiality. Very wrong, obviously. I do think that it sounds like it would feel kind of nice. So what I do is I just put peanut butter on my puss, and then I get my boyfriend to go down on me. And then I just close my eyes and think about my dog. <laughs> would be the new comics and I I was like think of it like you're on your first date with somebody like what would you say to like intro and outro how do you want to introduce yourself and how do you want to leave them thinking about you I don't know if imagine me bucket my own dog peanut butter pussy style so I do that I don't know how to host a show that's like a contest because I want to make fun of everybody but then it feels mean and like you're ruining their chances of winning so, okay, so we're gonna get into uh, and then I just go, all right, moving on. Uh, that was everybody, Hokey Damn Dinah. Does anybody, am I, who says Hokey Dinah? I have a cousin that says Hokey Dinah and I have just turned that into a phrase that I say all the time. Is, is Hokey Dinah a common phrase from a TV show or is that just from my world? Who has ever heard the phrase Hokey Dinah before? Oh God, it's not even like you're like, oh, I'm not sure what that means. You're like, we don't like you anymore. <laughs> 
That's the feeling in the room. Okay. Sorry I brought it up. Fuck all of you. So we, uh, I don't know why I said that either. I just got you back. So we're going to do, so everybody has their envelopes, right? Jamie, what? Does everyone have an envelope? Wow. It's crazy. I've hosted this show a lot. And I am still maybe 30% sure on how this part of the show works. So the only reason I'm on stage right now is to not make it feel really weird that you're all just like looking at these cards and whatever. Here's what I'm gonna do while you're looking at your cards. I'm gonna remind you of who everybody is number to number. Your number one comedian, Michelle Padre Padredes Padrides. It's I say it wrong, whatever, but it's it's still you know who you are. Michelle Padrides, uh, Jai Lu Wang is number two, Ainsley McPhail, number three, Raheel Shake, number four, and then we got an intermission, Kirsten Rasmussen, number five, Lori Lane Murphy, number six, Melanie Dolling, number seven, and Olivia Stadler, number eight, okay? You can deliver them to the bar area out here, your, your cards, because it's not raining anymore. It's not raining anymore, so apparently you have to still stand up and walk all the way out there to do it. Sorry, guys. Is there a better way? Can they hand them to you right there? Sure. Hand them to Jamie right there, because that's better, all right? And in the meantime, I'll try to do material or something that just... Can you do the numbers one more time? Yeah. Okay, the numbers one more time. Your number one comedian, Michelle Padrides. I know it. I'll never get it. Padrides. Michelle Padridis, number two, Jai Lu Wang. Number three, Ainsley McPhail. Number four, Raheel Sheikh. Number five, Kirsten Rasmussen. Number six, Lori Lane Murphy. Number seven, Melanie Dolling. And number eight, Olivia Stadler. Should I do it one more time? That feels like too much. <laughs> I think we've done it exactly enough. Everybody count your things and start handing them to Jamie, all right? Or David. Or David. Actually, preferably David. It's all good, though. Oh, I, I, I can take them very Jamie well. could handle them as well. I want you to know that they're all capable. Either of them could do this. I just want one. This is, it's a, it's got a cool metal breakdown, even though it's one of those, like, digital music elevator song kind of things. Olivia was talking about how, uh, she was, like, like, raised by rich parents and it kind of spoiled her. Is it ready that quickly? No, no. You have to do two raffles, and then get a set, and then we'll do that. Frick my material, then. Let's do some of these raffles. This was all really not ready for a stage. Yeah. No, no, no. Do you want to do this, or should I have the same thing every month? <laughs> I know. I don't know why I never get used to it. <laughs> Buddy, I'm so in the moment. Okay. So I'll do this. And then give it to you a set. And then send everybody outside, and we'll do the winner outside. Let's do it in here. Okay. But yeah, that's good. All right, we're going to do a raffles now. We've got two raffle prizes, one from Long Slice Breweries and one from David's Tea. 
Does everyone have the raffle tickets at the ready? Yes. Okay, this first prize is from Long Slice Brewery. It is two, three, eight, one, two, five, one. This next one is from David's T. <laughs> we found the speed of the crowd. T. <laughs> it is two, three, eight, one, two, four, eight. Sorry, ma'am. Uh... <laughs> Why are you giving to me? That was the raffle, hey? That's the raffle. <laughs> One of the things you learn about the show is when Jamie looks at me like, oh no, help, help me, oh no, <laughs> that means it's time for me to come back on the stage. <laughs> No, I've done this show too many times to be, still be so confused about it. Uh, I don't know if I made it clear enough at the start of the show, but I'm a stupid, dumb fucking idiot. And uh, I never know how to leave the moment. And uh, all, I, all I can possibly do is just be like, what's happening next? Oh, no. I'm always dreading what's happening next. And isn't that fun? We're, uh... God, I don't know. We know who won. It's in an envelope, and it's in my pocket. I'm gonna do some material anyway, and I really don't know why. You guys are exhausted. I just, I was thinking, I was thinking of a thing, I don't think I've ever said this to you before, but there, I, I realized that there's a, a really important piece of like an actual, I don't know what this means as far as where I'm at mental health wise, but whenever people talk about their different mental health struggles, I always remember this one time, maybe I have done it at the show before, but there was one time where I was, uh, I was living alone, and I was about to like make some cookies. I was like microwaving, I'll make some cookies. I was microwaving <laughs> cookies to make them softer. That's what I call making cookies. To me, that constitutes making a batch of cookies. You know when you make cookies and you open up the Chips Ahoy container and then you put them in the microwave so they're not super crunchy? I used to think every time I got a container of cookies and they were crunchy, I was like, ah, I got an old one. Like I was, I always thought eventually I'd get a fresh batch and they'd be really nice and soft the way cookies are supposed to be. And I, but it didn't bother me. I was still like a big fan of Chips Ahoy. I'm a corporate whore, man. I'll do whatever the corporations want. Anyway, and I was making, so I went to go and I put, I, I was putting them on the uh, paper towel, as you do, because you don't want to wash a dish because you live alone and everything's so sad. And, uh, and I put three cookies on the paper towel to slide them into the microwave. And then I went, out loud, I said, we both know you want more than that. <laughs> and then I went, who's we? <laughs> what do you mean we both know? There's two other people here <laughs> that both know my habits about 
cookies. But at the same time, I was like, you're right, I want seven. <laughs> I wanted, not only did I want more than I had, I wanted more than double what I had. So you gotta trust that voice in your brain, I don't know. But maybe not every time. Listen, I, I don't have all the answers. All right, let me look at this. Oh God, it feels good to have all the power. All right. So we got the final vote now. Let's go through the list again, your comedians. Michelle Pederedes. Now I know I know it. <laughs> Julia Wang. This is what if we got them all wrong? This is stupid. Jaila Wang, Ainsley McPhail, Raheel Shake, Kirsten Rasmussen, Lori Lane Murphy, Melanie Dolling, Olivia Stadler. <laughs> Six, seven. <laughs> Your winner, number five, Kirsten Rasmussen! Come up here! Come up here! Here's a card. I don't know if we can afford for you to keep that card. We're going to have to talk to the producers after. But, and for some reason, he's also bringing one. I already have a sash, but I think it's important for you to wear two sashes. The crazy, funny, chips. Let's all hang around. Go to bed whenever you want to go to bed. But if it's too early, we're going to judge you. I'm starting to burp. I got to get out of here. That'll do it for Crazy Eights number six. We had a hell of a time, and like I say, we raised uh, about 500 bucks. So really great. We're going to keep doing some fun and important advocacy work with that money. We're going to donate some to the Mood Disorder Association of Ontario, hopefully some to CAMH as well. Just, you know, it's, it's a good time. And uh, we're going to be doing it all over again for Crazy Eights number seven. You can come out to that on August 23rd at our regular venue, the Social Capital Theater at 152 Danforth Avenue. Hope to see you there. Tickets are eight bucks. Goes to a good cause. That's all I got to say. Be well and stay safe. A show of strength is a movement where I try to encourage courage. You can subscribe, rate, and review the various shows we produce at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
For more information, including how to connect on social, please visit www.ashowofstrength.com.